most people spend their entire life stressed without ever giving a single thought as to what it is they really want or what's important to them. See, I'm here to cut through all that noise, connecting you to yourself and the life that you were meant to live. I used to slave away at a corporate job that I hated, but I broke through the social norms and pursued my passion. As a result, I own my own coffee company, I'm an espresso sommelier, and I get to travel the world. You too can live a life that you love, but it starts with getting clear about what you want. It starts with a new decision. I'm your host, Donnie Rouse, you are listening to the podcast, One Life. What's going on, guys? Donnie Rouse here, and today I am going to share an adventure I went on that will teach you all you need to know about life. The adventure I'm talking about is a scooter ride I took from Chiang Mai, Thailand in order to get to Pai. Pai is somewhere in the mountains of the Opium Triangle. And before I tell you about this adventure, I must first tell you what inspired the adventure. So I was on a plane ride. I came from Thailand to Chiang Mai. And on that plane ride, I was sitting there somewhere on the flight. I noticed that there was a beautiful girl sitting across the aisle. Blonde haired girl. I believe her name is Joanna from Germany. And uh, so how do I know that? So as we landed in, in, uh, in Chiang Mai, I waited off the plane. And as she got off, I said, Hey, I, I saw you on the plane. I thought you were beautiful. I just wanted to say hello. I'm Donnie. In that conversation, we started discussing what our travel plans were. And she told me that she was headed to Pi. And I, I'd heard about Pi before on that trip. Several people had spoken about Pi and they were saying how they drove a scooter there and how it was just an amazing experience all around. So it was already like it was already a spark. There was always like the seed planted in my mind. And then when I met someone who I thought was attractive and I wanted to get to know better, I was like, all right, well, I guess maybe I'll take the trip. So for those of you who are not familiar with Pi, Pi is located in the Opium Triangle and in order to get to Pi, you have to go through all these switchbacks in the mountains to be, uh, it's 762 turns, steep, you know, steep, steep cliffs that you could possibly fall out. And not only that, you're on the road and there are like trucks that are flying that can literally run you off the road or run you into the side of the mountain. So it is extremely, extremely scary, but Nothing motivates you like love, right? So I, I get to Chiang Mai and, and this thing, I was, I'd asked her, I was like, well, where, where are you staying? She's like, oh, I'm staying at, at the Tiger Hostel. I was like, okay, Tiger Hostel. Well, maybe I'll see you there. I go to Chiang Mai and I immediately, I, I rent, uh, I talked to a guy about renting a scooter and he's giving me, you know, he's telling me all the details about the scooter rental. He goes, okay, well, you know, this is, you have a scooter here. You know, you, when you bring it back, just make sure it has this much, this much gas and the scooter rental was something like stupid. It was like, I know it was like $10 for like, I, I don't even know how many days. It was ridiculously cheap. It may have even been less than that. And as he was telling me, he said, like, well, if you were to get stuck, he's like, this is the number you would call. And wherever you are in Chiang Mai, we'll come, we'll, you know, we'll pick up the scooter and you're good. But if you go outside of the city center, and you were to break down, 
then there's nothing we can do. I mean, I don't even know if I would have service <laughs> outside of the city center, right? So there, that already the, like that kind of, um, I was like, oh boy, okay. So there's some possibility that something could go wrong here and I, and I may get stuck and I'm not going to have any way. But I was like, okay, all right. So, well, thank you. Oh, oops, sorry, knocked my computer. So I said, thank you. I took the keys to the scooter and I said, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to cut Chiang Mai short. I'm in Chiang Mai for literally, I think it was like two or three days, three days it had to be. And I was like, well, let me just see how much of the city I can see. So I got on my scooter and I literally started going around cities. I went to this temple at the top of the, uh, on top of Chiang Mai that gave you this beautiful, beautiful panoramic view of the city. While I was there, I also had a monk do a caricature of me. I do not have that caricature, it's, but it's, I'm sure it's probably somewhere with all my travel documents. And when I felt that I had sufficiently seen everything that I could see, because Chiang Mai is not that big. It's an awesome city, but it's, it's pretty small. I was like, all right, well, I think the next day I could probably, I could probably just, you know, go off on this journey. I, I can take the ride to Pi. Next day comes, I'm sit, I wake up in the middle, in the morning. I can't remember. It might've been like five o'clock in the morning. The whole attention behind waking up early was to avoid the traffic because um, Pi, I, I think on a good day, if you're taking a, uh, like a, a bus or like a little van. I think it's like three to three hours, three and a half hours to get there. And with me on my scooter, just to kind of give you a sneak peek, how long it took, it took me over six hours to get there because I was driving very, very cautious and I wanted to be more conservative in my riding than aggressive just because I wanted to make sure that one, I wasn't like going to get run off the road and that I was just kind of letting the bigger vehicles go to side. But nevertheless, I'm not, I'm jumping the gun here. Five o'clock in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, okay, oh shit. And, and I'm, I'm feeling anxious because like my nerves are like, or I'm, I'm on edge, right? I'm like, well, right, well, what do I do? Like if I go there, like what happens if I break down? What happens if, you know, what happens if I get off in an accident? What happens if I run get run off the road? You know, there all the ifs were coming into my mind and I was starting to be overwhelmed by them. And then there was a moment where I paused. I said, all right, well, let me just stop. Because if I keep going down this path, I'm not going to take any freaking trip. I'm not. I'm literally going to stay here. And I thought about that. But then I asked myself a different question. I said, all right, well, if I wasn't afraid, what action would I take? What would I do? And then when I asked that question, right? Because depending on the question you ask, you'd get a different answer. And then I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm taking this trip. So I was like, okay, I, I mustered up the courage. I got on my scooter and I started going out. You know, I started scooting outside. I, the entire time I'm going, I had my headphones in because I had, um, I had a Thai SIM card. So I was able to get service and I even downloaded the map. So in, in the event that I didn't get service, at least I would have the GPS navigating me. If I lost GPS signal, then I'd be up a creek. But I, I had signal the entire way. So I'm going out of town and all of a sudden now I'm in this industrial area and I'm like, I'm, you know, there's all these giant trucks, uh, g flying, I'm like going on the side and in Thailand, if you're not familiar, you have to drive. It's the opposite side of the road, right? You're, <laughs> it was, so I'm like, okay, this is not familiar. 
Um, well, I can't remember. I'm, I know in Karabi it was the opposite side of root. I don't recall if it was in the same in Pi, but nevertheless, I, you know, it wasn't. It was the same. So I'm going. I'm about to. Um, I'm driving in this industrial area. There's trucks everywhere honking at me, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, holy shit! What do I do? Do I? I, I you know what? I'm just gonna turn back. Screw this. I'm just gonna. Why am I going in the first place? And then my the alert goes off in my ear saying, turn left. I turn left onto this road and all of a sudden I see this road going straight up into the mountains. And it was the most, one of the most amazing things I had ever seen because it was like, I, I can't even describe the picture. Like you just see all the traffic is over here and all of a sudden there's like this serene road going straight up into the mountains where you see all this lush vegetation. And I remember turning on that road and I was just screaming. I had my fist up in the air and I literally screamed going, woo, flying down there. And I, th I think I stopped for a photo there as well, just because it there was so much intense emotion there. How is the, you know, so it's not true of life, right? You're, you, you get the inspiration, go there. All of a sudden, all those doubts creep in and you start going down there and you're like, oh man, maybe I should turn back. But then there's a point where it, something sticks and all of a sudden, you have a bigger vision and you start to move towards that. So I'm driving down this road and now all of a sudden I'm in, I'm starting to go through all those switchbacks, the curves that it takes to get to Pi. There was a point there where I uh, was going and I saw, I can't remember the name of it. It was like 132 Coffee or something like that. And it was a, a coffee plantation. So you can imagine being a coffee person, having this ride where I don't know what the hell I'm even going to encounter. All of a sudden, now I see a coffee plantation on the side, of the, um, you know, on, on the road there. So I pull off, get a cappuccino, and I was very dismayed to find that the woman had this beautiful espresso machine. I don't even know how many thousands of dollars. It was like the top end. It was when Seneso was uh, the top consumer uh, commercial espresso maker there was. And I'm like, oh, man, this is great. I'm going to get a great coffee. It was the longest espresso extraction I've ever seen in my life. This chick, <laughs> I call her chick, but she she extracted my espresso shot over the course of two minutes. And so the entire way, if you are familiar with what they call a manual paddle group, so she's, you know, she puts it into the manual mode and then she she turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. And she kept turning the shot on and off for you know, hoping that it, the flow rate was going to go faster and I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh man, I got to pay for this now because it, was, it wasn't a cheap coffee too because this was, this particular cafe was a, was a tourist attraction like where people would come and literally like retreat in this, uh, in, at this farm. I digress. So I had the espresso and surprisingly, it wasn't nearly as bad as I was anticipating and likely because of how it was roasted and the type of coffee they have in Thailand, which you rarely will find anywhere here because I don't know of a single importer that imports that kind of coffee. So back on the road. So I'm back on the road and I'm going and now, you know, I'm enjoying the ride and all of a sudden now I'm like, all right, I'm almost out of gas. <laughs> but what do I do? I've never filled up gas in Thailand and there's no gas stations. So I'm freaking out. I'm going down the road and all of a sudden you see like, look like a gas pump or something literally just like in the street. Um, I'm trying. Yeah. All right. There was a couple times. I think once I filled up, I had to get, I literally bought gas in a, in a water bottle. Um, I, I believe I did that on the way there. Yeah, that was and then the way back. So on the way there, I, there was a little store there and I, I had heard about this, but I never actually had to purchase and fill up my tank. So I, I'm going there. I, I pull in this little shop and I ask, you know, like point of my 
point to my scooter. I'm like, you know, gas. And I get a, I get a, a liter water bottle of gas. And, um, so I fill up my tank and, and that was an experience, right? Because I, I didn't know how to ask, but I was like, okay. So I started going down the run again. And then there was an opening as the closer I got to, oh, actually I forgot. Let me not mention. So now I'm at a roadblock, right? I'm, I'm getting closer to pie and there's a military blocking it. And I guess they were, they have this, like this blockade there because they wanted to prevent drugs from going in and out. Freaking out a little bit because not because I had any drugs on me, but I was driving without an international driver's license. And in Chiang Mai, the cops would have this game. They would, you know, you they would pull you over. Hey, do you have a driver's license? No. Okay. Well, you know, pay us eighty dollars and we'll let you go. They'd let you go, and then you'd come back the other way. They'd stop you again. Like, hey, do you have a driver's license? But no, you just stopped me. They're like, all right, we'll pay another eighty dollars. And it was like this this game they had going. So I was, I didn't get pulled over, thankfully, but I thought that was going to happen here. So thankfully there was a coffee truck there. So instead of going straight into the, uh, past the, like the stop, I pulled over, I spoke to this guy who had this coffee truck and I, you know, had a shot, kind of the same results as the other person. I said, Hey, listen, let me help you out here. Let me get in your truck. Let me dial in your, your espresso machines. This way you'll at least pull it better. Um, so I get into the machine and I was very conscious about wasting coffee. I didn't want to pull too many shots of coffee because I didn't want to burn through an entire thing of coffee. Because sometimes when you're making espresso, sometimes it takes that much coffee. Like I can go through easily a pound of coffee trying to dial into an espresso. So as I was doing this and uh, the the shot, like I actually stopped. I didn't spend too much time there, but I will say I left with it pulling extremely slow. So in a way I was almost like wasn't as... I was almost as bad as that girl, but not quite, uh, who was pulling shots, but the shots did pull better. Um, but ne nevertheless, I stopped there because, and it had a good conversation. I had a great, I ended up having a good cup of coffee as well. And, um, and the, you know, the, the people saw me there talking to this guy. And so then they let me go by and now I'm on my way to path and on the way to pie, the roads literally just open up and all of a sudden like the the scenery changed and I was seeing all these beautiful trees and again I had that moment of exhilaration where I just felt like I was on top of the world I arrive in a pie I check into the tiger hostel and I'm like hey is Joanna staying here and the and the the person that is like um no there there is actually no one here by that name I was wondering well maybe it's a German name is there a German girl staying here uh no no one from Germany I was like oh wow so I could have been told the wrong, the wrong hostel. Maybe she wasn't interested and she just kind of blew me off. Who knows? But the, the point is, is that the way there, like, like that was the destination I was going for. I was going there because I wanted to meet this girl that I saw on the plane that I thought was beautiful and wanted to get to know better. The end result there was that the ride was so freaking phenomenal that I could care less if I saw her or not. You know, and, and those are the type of journeys that you want to have in life where you're literally, you're enjoying the entire process and you're, you're being fully present in that process. After spending a couple days in Pi, I was like, all right, well, not even a couple days. What am I saying? I, I spent one night, the night I had at the Tiger Hostel. So Tiger Hostel was a really, really cool hostel, but there was a shit ton of mosquitoes there. And I had just gotten, you know, I'd gotten all my malaria and all these other typhoid fever, whatever other vaccinations that I needed for this trip based on the areas I was going to be traveling. And so I was like kind of panicking because, you know, 
I just didn't want it. Someone had told me a story where they got some kind of mosquito Ill, born illness. So I was like, okay, let me just get into my bed. And I was going to eat alive when I was in bed too. And then the following morning, I set out early, early morning to go back to, to Chiang Mai. And isn't it true? Like, you know, when you're, when you're on that journey on the way back, it's often a lot easier than on the way there, because now all of a sudden you come back as a different person. So I'm leaving early in the morning. There are no cars on the road. The sun is coming up. I am literally cruising in and out of these turns like I was the only person on the road, which I was. And um, I just had the blast. And I ended up getting, while it took me six hours to get there, it was roughly, I want to say, maybe close to like three hours on the way back. True, I was going downhill most of the time, right? Versus climbing. So take off some time there. But it was just this experience. It's like the initiation of like someone in a tribe, right? Where, you know, they turn 13, they send them on this journey to the mountain and they come back a man. That's what I felt like. And uh, I ended up having such a blast I, I, getting back there. And I was in a completely different state. Um, and then ended up meeting a, a friend from Brazil whom I have got to reach out to. This story reminds me to reach back out to him. And I just, I just had an amazing trip. When I left Chiang Mai, it was one of the, uh, I was just, there was just so much pleasure in that journey that I was like, man, it's going to be hard to, uh, you know, to, to go back home after such a trip. And I mean, that's a completely different story coming from like this, this super high emotional high than coming back home and having to adjust because there's always an adjustment. Uh, well, I guess that's part of life too. So how does this relate to life, right? Look at your life. There's always, life is a journey. If you're just literally looking at the destination, if I were just focused on meeting that German girl, I would have missed the entire thing, right? I would have said, oh, like, screw this. I don't have time to stop at the coffee shop. I don't have time you know, to stop at this other coffee truck and even enjoy it because I'm just trying to get there. I would have missed the entire thing, right? I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't even been open to perceiving all the beauty around me. Secondly is just knowing that there's going to be discomfort and that there's always fear and leaping over that fear. That fear I leapt over was when I decided to turn from that main industrial street and start to head up that mountain. When I headed up that mountain, that's when there was the release. Yeah, there was still fear, but now I had momentum. Now I had gotten past the, the most difficult car and then it was going to, you know, through the turns, which would be the, probably the scary part for most people, but there was momentum there, right? And that, that isn't that true of life. Once you get momentum, all of a sudden, now you just feel like you're just going with the flow. There's very little effort. And then you reach the goal. And then also just enjoying the process. I don't even know how many times I stopped to take pictures of the, the, the viewpoints, uh, to talk to people, to have pad thai, which is like a, less than a buck. And it was the freaking most amazing thing. They say Bangkok has like is known for, they invented the pad thai, but there's many places I feel like who do better and much cheaper. <laughs> if you can get like, you're like, oh, Bangkok, $3 pad thai, $1 anywhere else in Thailand, or maybe even less than that. And then also, you know, the, the initiation once you actually grow, once you've actually stepped into that fear, now there's more to give. Now you, you've changed who you are. You're no longer the same person anymore. And those skills that you picked up the layer now have equipped you and better equipped you, I should say, for the rest of your life, for the other journeys. 
after that, I went to, I ended up going to Krabi Town. And from Krabi Town, you know, having ridden that scooter in Chiang Mai and going on this journey, now going to Krabi Town, I was like, all right, whatever. And I, you know, I went, I met one of my friends and we went to this, we went on a hike to this uh, tiger, I don't know if it was Tiger Temple or Tiger Mountain, but nevertheless, it, it required me to navigate and having that experience allowed me to do it better. Um, I might be mixing up the stories. I don't know if I went to Krabi, then Chiang Mai or Chiang Mai to Krabi, but nevertheless, after I had that first experience, when I was back on that scooter, there was more confidence. I was more comfortable. And as a result, it opened up different options, right? Because now I was able to experience more because I felt comfortable getting on the road. Isn't that true of life? When you're moving in the direction, you're taking action despite or in spite of fear. Now, all of a sudden, you gain new skills and now you're willing to take a bigger action because you have the confidence. And uh, and I guess if there's a closing issue is when you meet someone on a plane, don't always assume that they're going to be the right place they're staying at. <laughs> um, no, but it's always a journey. And that's one of the things. Uh, this is, again, this is... This journey can teach you so much about life, but if there is another lesson to be learned from it is just to literally take time to travel. Like, so why I'll go on a quick travel rant. Like, why is it I travel every year? Like you get caught in routines and patterns and in routine ways of living. As a result, you're it's like your world starts to shrink and all of a sudden now you find yourself staying in what it is that makes you comfortable. And I, I experience this every single year because I travel, we'll usually start booking travel around the fall and then I'll travel again like all, all the way into the spring. But when it, whenever I get to that that fall moment, whenever I'm starting to travel in the fall, I'm always like, uh, I don't know if I want to book a trip. You know what? I just don't feel like I should be traveling right now. I don't have no, I have no desire to travel. What I'm really saying is I'm a little bit nervous. I don't feel as comfortable because those decision-making gears in my brain have gotten a little bit rusty because they haven't been lubed up from another trip. Now, what happens the moment I take a trip? All of a sudden, I take a trip, and now all of a sudden, like I am, like, all right, when is the next one coming? <laughs> and I, you know, and like I get back, and I already have the next trip planned. But by traveling, it allows me to one get past the comfort and like the, the routine living, and opens my, it gives my brain time to relax to say, okay, well, let's reorganize here. Like, let's not worry about all the shit that was clogging your mind before. Let's let that relax. And let's kind of get, allow yourself to just see some new, new things, get new perspectives on life, meet new people, you know, release biases and remember just to enjoy life, right? Really, that's really what it all comes down to is just getting the maximum amount of enjoyment in life. And if you're not a big traveler, that's fine. I encourage you to do it anyways, because you'll learn something. And I really think that the, you know, one of the biggest parts of traveling is the people you meet along the way. And assuming that they, you know, you like this kind of thing, maybe traveling is not your thing. Maybe you'd rather stay home, you know, wherever you are, your tribe, you'll, you'll find your tribe. Travelers are my tribe. And whenever I meet someone, I always tend to meet someone who I find is like my, my, like a, a best friend. Nearly every single trip I have, I met someone who's had a big impact in my life. And now I consider it so close that, um, you know, they'll, they'll be my friend for the rest of my life. 
So that is my story. Hope this journey inspired you to get out there in life, but also remind you that it is a journey and that like, you know, sometimes the thing you're going for is not necessarily the thing you want, but it's the journey that is the most satisfying part of your life or uh, of that experience. And again, just to get out there and start living life, right? Life is happening now. There is no time to waste. There's no time to wait. Yes, you have to prepare for the future, but not at the cost of today. And don't live for today at the cost of your future. Live your life now because it is happening now. You only have this moment. So I hope you enjoyed this. If there is someone whom you feel like could benefit from listening to this, send this podcast to five people you know, maybe someone who was thinking about going to Thailand. You're like, man, you have got to check this uh, this experience out. Or maybe you want to do it yourself. And if you have any questions or would like to leave a comment, you can do it by visiting my website at www.donnyrouse.com. Again, D-O-N-N-Y-R-A-U-S.com. That is all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, again, please hit that subscribe button. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I hope this inspired you in some way to go on your own journey. It doesn't have to be Thailand, but to go on some kind of journey and to just take the moment to enjoy the process, to enjoy life. Remember, you only get one life. Live it. God bless, and I will see you again soon.